0: First Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to warn you right from the get-go. You're going to have to give me just a little bit to walk through an explanation. and We'll get to some practical application, okay? Just warning you ahead of time because some of you are going to think, oh, why are we going through all this? It's just going to happen, all right? So hopefully just hang with me, all right? We're continuing to talk about the resurrection of the dead. And for some of you, you're like, whoa, like why are we talking about this? Resurrection of the dead is so, so important. It is something that, that hinge, it hinges so many aspects of, the, of our doctrine, like so many. We talk about the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection of the dead, there is no resurrection of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ died, okay? We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. The resurrection of the dead, without that, we have no mercy and no grace, because we are sinners, and sin condemns us to hell. We're going to talk about that tonight. Okay? It condemns us. If without the resurrection of the dead, God has no power. Because that means God does not have power over death. And the Bible tells us that he conquered death and hell. And so Jesus is all-powerful and will bring all things under his feet, And so the the resurrection of the dead touches so many aspects of our doctrine, and it is so important. And tonight, I really want to bring this more to a practical application. All of the things that we've talked about and all the things that it stems to, I really want to bring it to somewhat of a practical application, and hopefully you'll be able to follow along. But Paul is continuing to deal with this, and this is such a big thing that Paul is, I I believe, trying to cover, deal with every objection that he possibly can. I don't know if any of you have done any debating ever, but when I was in high school, I I, uh, was in speech class, and we had to do a debate, and uh, so we had to go through all of these different things, and I remember my cousin and I were on the same debate team, and we had to, I don't even remember, I I think we had to debate cell phones in cars, and and we were for it right and uh now you get ticketed like a lot of money if you're on your cell phone in your car but we were debating that in high school and uh i remember trying to think of every possible argument that the other team could come up with and i tried we tried to break that down and try to mold it so it wouldn't Uh, come across well right we wanted to debate very well but here he begins to address what some of us might call the most logical question of all okay the most logical question of all let's ask this question the resurrection of the dead what about the body right okay what happens to the body how what are we going to look like when there's the resurrection of the dead What's going to go on? If we believe in a bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we must believe in a bodily resurrection of the dead. So what about the body of the dead? Most people understand the biology of what a body does when it begins to decompose. We're not going to get into that tonight. That's a little bit too gross for where we're at tonight, okay? But you all understand that, right? When a body decomposes. So when the bodily resurrection happens, what happens to the body? What happens to the body? What does it look like? Well, let's see what Paul has to say here in First Corinthians chapter 15. Look with me in verse 35. We'll read through verse 44. The Bible says this. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? I love this. Thou fool. Okay, so Literally, Paul just called all of us fools because we're we're asking this question. I'm asking this question, all right? If the body is going to be raised, what does it look like? What body does it have, thou fool? That which thou sowest is not quickened or made alive, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him. And to every seed, his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, and another of fishes, and another of birds are also celestial bodies, and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead." It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, it is sown a natural body. Watch here now, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this day, for all that you've done for us. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you so much for your word and the intrigue that it is. And how deep we can go, Father. And Father, we could, we could it is un, uncompletely, we can never find everything there is to know. And I'm so thankful for that. It is so much fun to dive in and look. And Father, I pray that tonight would be practical application how the resurrection of the dead will affect our lives, and Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. The first major point that I want you to see this morning or this, this evening is that death has to happen. Okay, death has to happen. Uh, look again with me in verse 36 Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. Okay, you're gonna want to remember this point all the way through. Death. Has to happen. This is central to the doctrine of sin. This is central to it. We talked a lot about this this morning. If you were in church this morning, we talked a lot about sin. And how our first birth is infused with sin. And that sin then, the wages of that sin is death. Sin will always bring forth death. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Okay? You might want to fill in some blanks with me so I just keep you awake until we get there, all right? Stay awake here. The wages of sin is death. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So death has to happen because of sin. Okay? All of us understand I hope we understand that. Okay? We all know people who have passed away. We all know people who have died. That happens because of sin. Important to remember. But the thing I love about this part is that the thought of sowing also has to occur. Notice with me in verse 37. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain, it may chance of wheat or some other grain. Now, again, I don't know that I have to spend a ton of time talking about the principles of sowing and reaping. But you understand that because of sin, we sow sin. Okay? Follow me. Please stay with me, all right? At least give me a head nod every once in a while. Just because I can't see see any facial expression. I need to know you're with me and following through, okay? We sow sin. Every child we have, guess what? Sinners. That's going to happen. Everything we do, we don't have the Midas touch, we have the sinner's touch. Okay, everything we touch is sin. Everything we do is corrupt. In fact, if you go back to Exodus, uh, the, the Bible talks about when you're creating an altar. You create the altar and you do it out of unhewn stone. Do you know why? Because everything that man touches is then corrupt. If you hew it, you have corrupted it. So don't touch it, make it out of unhewn stone, make your altar, and then there, sacrifice. Okay, man corrupts things. We sow sin. Well, guess what happens when we sow sin? You reap sin. You reap what you sow. It's it's just going to happen. Not a a major mind-blowing thing, but here, probably most famous of the principles of sowing and reaping is the parable of the sower and the seed. Most of you remember this, right? The parable of the sower and seed. A, a sower goes out to sow seed. And we understand that as he sowing seed, some lands on rocky, thorny, good ground, the wayside, right? All kinds of different ground. Jesus later tells us in that chapter and in that, in that portion, he says, The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Now, that's pretty interesting. So, what is the seed here in Paul's writing? Look, look with me, everybody, okay? I'll, you don't have to answer out loud, but I want you to see if you can figure this out, okay? The seed that Jesus is talking about in the, in the Gospels is the Word of God. What is the seed that Paul is talking about here? Okay, I'm going to give you the answer. Here we go. The seed is the body. The seed is the body. Now, this is important. You know, this will have to follow all the way through. The seed is the body. And this is where things really start to get interesting, Okay, that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or some other thing. When we plant corn, guess what we don't plant? We don't plant the entire stalk, do we? No, you don't. Like, seriously, you don't plant the entire stalk. You say, what in the world does that have to do with anything? Hold on. We don't even plant the entire ear of corn, okay? We don't plant the entire cob of corn. We take one kernel of the corn off the cob, out of the ear, off the stalk, and we plant it. One tiny seed of corn. Paul refers to it as bare grain. Look again, verse 37. So you don't sow what it's going to be, Corn stalk, right? You sow bare grain. You're saying, Pastor Jones, this is all common knowledge. This is exactly what Paul's addressing, common knowledge. You don't sow the whole thing. You just sow the bare bones of it. We could spend a bunch of time talking about the biology of what happens when a seed falls into the earth and dies. Man, actually, YouTube it. It's pretty sweet. Watch some videos of a seed being planted and how it sprouts. It's pretty awesome. I've enjoyed watching them. But suffice it to say, when you plant a seed, it is bare grain. Paul continues with the fact that there is all different kinds of seeds. Notice verse 38. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All kinds of different seeds. Again, farmers know this. You have wheat seed, you have corn seed, you have bean seed, you have barley. I mean, all kinds of different things that you have, different seeds. But look at how Paul's applying this. He said, all flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men. So this is important, by the way, for many other aspects of our life. Our flesh is different than animal flesh. There is a world out there that wants to tell you they're the same. Do what you want with your flesh. Act like an animal. Sleep around. Do whatever you want to do because you're just an animal. Go with your instincts. No, 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 no. Our flesh is different. Notice again, all flesh is not the same flesh. But there's one flesh of man, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. Verse 40, there are also celestial bodies. So we're talking about heavenly bodies now. And there are terrestrial bodies. So pretty much everything that he starts off with is terrestrial or earthly. And then he says, but there's also celestial, there's heavenly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. So understand, all seed is not the same seed. All bodies are not the same bodies. All flesh, not the same flesh. Verse 40 again. There's a word used in here several times, and it's just a five letter word. It's called glory. Glory. Okay, notice again, there are celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. The glory of terrestrial bodies is one thing. Okay, let's be honest back in greek days the olympics were started in greece and it was purely to worship the human body the majority of the races run were not the, the racers were not clothed they they were glorifying the human body and listen, there are all kinds of people today, again, our society is not much different than it was uh, thousands of years ago. There is a world out there that is glorifying the human body. And they, they, they want to see more of it. But I want you to understand that glory is terrestrial. And there is a glory that is celestial. Again, these are key points to hang on all the way through this. The earthly body has one glory, the heavenly body has another glory. Now, this carries over to verse 41. There is one glory of the sun. That's pretty bright. There is another glory of the moon. Notice another glory of the stars and every even every star differs from another star in glory. Okay? Where's Polaris? It's the north star, right? Usually the brightest star in the north sky. Different glory. And we again, we can spend all kinds of time as to why that is. That's not the point. The point is each of them has different glory. So here's the point of all this information, and Paul finally gets to it in verse 42. He says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. Oh, good. Now we can go home, right? Everybody understands, right? What? What are you talking about? There's all these different bodies. There's all these different fleshes. There's all these different glories. There's celestial. There's terrestrial. But so also is the resurrection of the dead? What are you talking about? But notice he finishes it. Watch. It is sown in corruption. It is sown in corruption, but watch this. It is raised in incorruption. Powerful. Powerful verse. This body is sown in sin. But guess what? It is raised... Without sin. We are infused with sin. As we said this morning, it is corrupt. Anything we touch is corrupt. But if we are sown, we are raised in incorruption. We are all sinners. Guess what? We are all dishonoring to God. Every single one of us. We are all weak. We are beggarly. In fact, the Bible tells us our natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Why? Because the things of the Spirit of God are spiritually discerned. So different. But that thing that is sown brings forth life incorruptible, glorified, powerful, spiritual. Notice verse 43. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and a spiritual body. Again, you're saying, what does it all matter? Paul, I want you to take a look at a very specific person that all of this applies to. Let's take a look at Jesus. And I want you to picture God as the gardener. This year was the first year that we planted a garden. I have a friend that, that asked me if I wanted to come over and help him with his garden. I know nothing about gardening. Okay? I j- you're like, you worked on a farm for how many years? Yes, I know. But guess what I did? I spread fertilizer. That's all I know. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, we, I know that we got soil samples done. I know that the soil sample then helped me spread fertilizer and how much fertilizer and all these different things. I didn't know. I just did what I was told. My mom planted gardens. Guess what I got to do in my mom's garden? Weed. Who loves to weed? Maya loves weeding. That is her favorite thing in the world. So, if you want anybody to weed, Maya would gladly come over and help you. She hates it. It's been fun to, to plant seeds and watch them just grow. And so, I want you to picture God as the gardener, and I want you to picture Jesus as the seed. His body. God, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave it. God takes a seed, and guess what He does? He literally strips it down to nothing. Bare seed. The seed dies and is buried. What happened? What happened when Jesus, the seed, died and was buried? Guess what it brought? It brought forth new life, everlasting life. Do you realize that Jesus brought to all mankind everlasting life? Listen, we got to go over there. Go to Philippians chapter 2. I can't stand it. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says this. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You can see verses 1 to 4 for what mind that is. But well, Here's the point of it. Who being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself even lower. Are, are you following me? Okay? We have Almighty God, stripped down to be a form of a servant as a man, wasn't just an amazing man, but humbled himself even further and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The seed, the bare seed. I mean, he had everything. He had absolutely everything that anybody could ever think of, things that we couldn't ever think of. He is God Almighty, but he took upon him the form of man, of a servant. And then, as a form of man, he humbled himself even lower. And guess what was brought out of that? Life. Eternal life. But look at what verse 9 says. Wherefore, because of what he did, guess what? God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things of heaven, things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, you're still saying, what does this have to do with anything? Listen, without Jesus Christ dying and being sown into the earth, we do not have life. And without him humbling himself, God could not raise him back up and exalt him. And every knee would not bow and every tongue would not confess. And guess what? The celestial glory of God would not be complete. Just wouldn't happen. God would not get the glory that is deserved. Everything was done for the glory of God. You're still saying, Pastor Yeomans, fill me in. The body gave celestial glory to God the Father. And this one seed of Jesus Christ gave power to all mankind it gave us power to become the sons of God. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now this is really where I, we need to transition, okay? Follow me through this. What happens when you plant a seed? You always reap what you sow. But you always reap what? More than you sow. One cob of corn, I've done all the math, it's just a lot, okay? Well, you get a lot on there. I can't remember the exact number, but you just get a lot. And you could take all of those, break them all down, right? And you would do what with them? You would then plant all of those. And every single one of those would do what? Multiply. Perfect word. Perfect word. Multiply. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that Jesus was the firstborn. He was the first one. Okay, follow me through this, please. He's the first one. He gave us the power to die. Oh, sure, we're going to have everlasting life. But the only way we're going to have everlasting life if, is if we die okay you're thinking what in the world about us okay the very basic interpretation of this is the resurrection of the dead when we rise again we are not going to have a corruptible body as we see now we're going to have a spiritual body what does that look like i can pretty much probably guarantee that in first john chapter 5 and verse 13 that it's going to look something like jesus It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we see him, we shall be like him. Why? For we shall see him as he is. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, what kind of body did he have? Oh, he had a physical body. But also we know that he walked through walls. Listen, we could spend all kinds of time exactly what that body looked like. We know that Mary, don't touch me, Mary. I have not yet ascended to my father. There's all kinds of different things as to what our body may or may not look like. But I have some sneaking suspicion that it's going to be spiritual. And it's going to be glorified. So the basic interpretation of this is we're going to have a glorified body. It won't be skin and bones. It's going to be raised incorruptible. So that's pretty much amazing to me. But that's not the only application here, so follow me here. I want you to view your life now as a seed. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. Because he died and allowed life now to pass upon all men. I want you to view your life as a seed. You are extremely corrupt. You are extremely corrupt. You are extremely dishonorable. By the way, when the sin of the entire world was placed on Jesus, so was he. Hard to believe. You are weak. You are legitimately nothing by yourself. But guess what? When that bare nothingness dies... It is not trying to accomplish something on its own. It's not trying to do its own thing. Again, as Jesus died, he said, Not my will, but thine be done. Okay, so no longer is that something that you, as a seed, no longer are you trying to climb the corporate ladder. Because you're dead. It doesn't matter what I want. I'm not trying to live my life my own way. I'm not trying to gain more. I'm not trying to do more. As Paul said in verse 31, I die daily. You can turn back there, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 31. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. So picture yourself as a seed, picture yourself dying, and picture what a seed looks like in the ground, lonely, just hanging out. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 to 26, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? If you will allow yourself for God to take you, Again, God's the gardener. And plant you. And you die. And you say, "fooey with everything that I want. Forget it. I want, I want to do whatever God wants me to do. I want to fulfill His will. Guess what will happen? You will have the power of Christ. Go back to 1 Corinthians 15 if you're not there. Okay? It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in what? Power. You will have the power of Christ. You will not only be dishonorable, you will be giving glory to God. You will not only have weakness, but you will have strength. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, this is exactly why Paul could say this. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9 through 10. And he being God said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Guess what? For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, Paul says, therefore. Will I rather glory in my infirmities? Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Why? Oh, excuse me. Therefore, I take pleasure, pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, Then am I strong. Paul said, I just, I genuinely want to die. These things that are going on, they force me to die every single day. That thorn in the flesh that I asked God three times for, it just causes me to die every single day. So Paul's excited about that. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't think any of us are on that same level. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But when we have a problem, what do we start asking? God, take this thing away. I, I don't want this. Get this off of me. And we will do anything it costs to get that out of there. Why? So that we can live our lives. But it's not about us. Romans, or excuse me, Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. Everything was created and made for the glory of God. Okay, notice with me again. Verse 43, it is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown, verse 44, a natural body. Listen, every one of us has a natural body. It has raised a spiritual body. I, I fully believe this with all my heart. There comes a point, and I'm not trying to say I've reached it, but just from studying, there comes a point where you no longer desire your own will. I don't know when that point is, But you no longer desire your own will. You start to desire the will of God above everything else. You're living with eternity in mind. We talked about that last week. Living with the resurrection of Jesus. I'm living like Jesus. He's actually going to come back. And I believe it happens when you get up every day and you just die daily. And you just say, it's not going to be me today. It's going to be God. It's not going to be me today. He's going to be God. Hey, I think you're an awesome parent. You're a great, wonderful person. You do things great, and all of us sit back and bask in the glow of our own glory. It's not dying. Jesus said that, hey, if you receive a, a, a praise of men, you have your reward. That's not dying. Listen, when we die, we give glory to God. We give celestial glory to God. And this is why I believe that Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is so powerful. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Romans chapter 11 talks about Jesus dying on the cross, grafting in the Gentiles, and because Jesus Christ has paid the penalty, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what, present yourself, your, your bodies. Did you catch that? Your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, not corruptible, holy acceptable. I'm messing it all up because I'm stopping. I'm going to turn over there. Romans chapter 12. Holy, acceptable unto God. I was right. Why? Which is your reasonable service. And be not, here it is, conformed to this world, corruptible, but be transformed. How? How? By the renewing of your mind, you have to die. The only way something is created that is new is if it first dies. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me try to bring this to a little bit of a close here. Jesus Christ allowed life to pass upon all men. We're going to look at this later. Continue on down the chapter. Because of Adam's sin, because of one man's sin, death passed upon all men. Because of one man's disobedience, life passed upon all men. Listen to me. If you die, if you will die spiritually and just say, No more of me, I'm not doing this anymore, I will have all of God, you have no idea what kind of fruit you will bear. No, you're not Jesus, okay? So not the the entire world is not going to just all of a sudden get right with God because of you. You're not Jesus. Even Jesus didn't have that happen. Many people still rejected him. But listen, the fruit that will be born if you just die. Just give it up. Listen, I'm preaching myself here bad. Ugh. One kernel of corn creates hundreds, if not thousands. Multiplication happens. Listen, you can look at the book of Acts and watch 12 men who died and said, it doesn't matter about my life. You can look at Paul the Apostle who died. Watch how amazing the gospel was spread. How revival started if just one person will die. We can be transformed. The world can be transformed. We pass from death unto life. Listen, you can keep trying to do things your own way. I'm talking to Christians here. I talked to unsaved this morning about getting into heaven. We're all like, yeah, they can't do it their own way. Christians, you can keep trying to serve God your own way, but it will never produce anything but corruptible seed. You reap what you sow. So just die. Push your opinions, push your ideas, push your things out, and just die. Don't go your own way. Just die. Don't live your life. Just die. Just die. And guess what? God will raise you up. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted, he that exalteth himself shall be abased. Oh, what a powerful. Girls, what a powerful doctrine, the resurrection of the dead. And you can have a part in it right now. Listen, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, sin causes us death. Someday, we're going to rise again. Either to corruptible seed or to incorruptible. The only difference is when Jesus is involved. So we need Jesus. Let's pray, that's all I have for you. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all you've done for us. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for the opportunity to serve you. We're so thankful for the opportunity to be raised again, to pass from death unto life. But Father, as I stand here before these people, I'm convicted again of how often I just do my own thing, live my own life, do things the way that I want to do them. Father, please, please help me to mortify the deeds of my flesh. Help me to be raised in power. Help me to be raised in honor and glory. Father, I pray That lives would be changed for for your glory. Father, that this life would just simply point people to Jesus. That people would see the sacrifice that he made. And they would die themselves and accept what you've done. Father, I pray you convict us all tonight. Help us as we continue to look at the resurrection of the dead. Help us to remember everything that it entails. Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.